This is an ABC podcast. This is Baby Talk Podcast with Penny Johnston. Bringing a new baby home is such an exciting, precious time, but it can also be overwhelming and exhausting. I guess everybody knows that exhaustion and confusion is probably par for the course and maybe even expects it. But throw in a global pandemic and that makes things a bit more complicated. Also, remember the poor parents having babies in lockdown now were also pregnant or just during the terrible December and January bushfires. So you can understand if their anxiety is slightly higher than normal. And of course, adjusting to life with a newborn baby is trickier as well because you don't have the level of support that can just wander in and help you at home. So has it been harder to bring a baby home or are there some unexpected upsides? This week, we're lucky to be joined by North Shore Private Hospital's Mothercraft nurse and baby expert, Christine Minogue. Christine's also written a great book called Bringing Baby Home. Christine, before we get into what's changed and what hasn't about the world of babies during COVID-19, tell us what's the best bit about your job? So I think the best bit about my job is that I get to support parents in making decisions about their baby and their family. So filtering out a lot of that information that can be just thrown at parents and they're meant to sort it out, I assist them by looking at what's happening with their baby and their family, helping them with the issues that they perceive, so a lot of feeding, a lot of sleep, and then giving them a bit of an idea of what it's going to look like going forward. Now, it's not always that easy, but I think the benefit of being able to talk to someone is you can come back to them and say, this bit of information worked, but that didn't. So being that soundboard that's unemotional and just looking at them being a good family unit. And someone that's done it once or twice before helps. Yeah, well, the knowledge helps. And then the knowledge coming from a place, an unemotional place. So it's not my sister's version of what happened for her. It's the emotional, it's the developmental things that occur for babies that parents may not be aware of, such as changing feeding patterns, changing sleep patterns, general behaviour in that first three years of their life, of the baby's life. And I can imagine that there is so much benefit to being able to go into somebody's house and go, you know what, that cot's too close to the heater or there's too much noise or... That's exactly what I do. It's not just about the cot, but it might be the mum's distance from where she might be feeding a baby to where she might change a baby. And also you're looking at how they live their life and how they are as a couple. Do they like to go out for a walk in the morning? Are they homebodies? So you take all of that into consideration. And I actually think that parents are more relaxed in their home, in their own home environment. They're more open and they're more aware of what you're saying. Oh, my goodness. You know, I can remember in those first couple of weeks of being home, desperately, desperately wanting to buy one of those clear 
buckets, you know, the, the little oh, yeah, cribs the that you put the babies in. Yeah, and they, the you know how you sort of they flip them up and yeah. I was like, Oh that that's it. That is the only reason why my baby is not sleeping. I mean <laughs> you get yourself into a spiral, don't you? You certainly do. Parents are always telling me that the reason their babies don't sleep is they don't like to be wrapped and they don't like their bed. And when I say back to them, so they don't like the four hundred dollar bed you made, they can sort of hear themselves coming backwards. And really babies are much more simplistic than that. You know, they, they need to be fed, they need to be calm and quiet before they go to sleep, and they need good sleep. And it's really easy in our world where there's a lot of information thrown at parents and a lot of things. You know, this is the generation of things like five different monitors, 62 different prams, 47 different beds. And it's hard to decipher through all that information. Well, what do I need for my baby here and now? It's getting it back down to the basics and encouraging and supporting the parents to do the basics well. Yeah, you must do a lot of internal eye rolling. Uh, yeah, <laughs> a lot of a lot of breaths in between. But, you know, I go with the thought that if I was thrust into their job, I would make a lot of mistakes or could do it the hard way. And it's the same with parenting. Like it takes time and patience. And when you give them birth, you should have time and patience written on top of your, your baby's little card in the, in the hospital because they take time and patience and it's new and it's learned. And that's the experience that helps you to become a better parent. And look, everybody knows it's, it's very difficult to learn when you're stressed and tired, which is yep. most new parents. So yep. don't, don't beat yourself up about the information not quite no. sinking in. You know, and I think it's so hard because there's so much information out there. There's, you know, technology, there's books, there's well-meaning friends and family, there's the professional world. They've all got an opinion. Yeah, there's podcasts. It just, it must get harder and harder and harder, but babies haven't changed. And this is what I keep saying. Babies haven't changed. The world around us have, but the babies haven't changed. They still need to be fed. They still need to be cuddled. They still need sleep. And the rest will come with time once you've gained your confidence as a parent. So the beauty of the time that we've been through in this COVID world is it has allowed parents to slow down, stop and be present for their baby. And I personally think they've done really well, even though they might have struggled with the isolation from family and friends. I think them as a family unit is stronger. Wow. I was also surprised because I have a few friends who are midwives and I was doing the, oh, it must be really tough, you know, yeah. just having the one person as a birth partner and she just kind of did the look and <laughs> said, you know what, it's fantastic. It means it that the mothers get some rest and time Absolutely. with their babies. And because the, the fathers or the partners have that time that the world has said, actually, it's okay for you to be at home. And we now have more experiences of the partners being in hospital for that whole experience of the mother being in hospital with the baby. They're learning together, you know, so they're learning. The, the partners are learning as much as, you know, that new mum trying to breastfeed. They know as much when they're leaving home. They're both tired when they leave to go, but they both have the same knowledge and support there's that that those days of where dad not understanding what's going on with the feeding have sort of disappeared and partly because we accept it as a whole family in the hospital setting so they go home with this whole, whole information 
and that we teach together. We don't just teach the mum about changing nappies. We teach the mum and the dad about it. So their support as a unit is stronger. And dad's not off entertaining the mother-in-law or no. posing for photos. No. Or... And the other thing we love is we haven't had as many visitors. And what that's allowed, I suppose, is that the nursing care has been, the nurses have been able to get in there and really spend time educating them, you know, which is our role here in maternity. But, yeah, they don't get that, that parent or that grandparent or isn't taking the time away from them learning about that new baby. Oh, my goodness. This is quite <laughs> revolutionary because I do remember in the very olden days when <laughs> visiting hours were strictly controlled. Yeah. Do you think this might be a new way of doing things? I don't know. I think if you took a survey for them from the nursing staff and the maternity, there's something about the two-hour window or the three-hour window and we we had open visiting here. There was only just a rest period, and it was it made it harder for us to get in and educate. But now we just wander in and wander out. And if they say, "Can you come back later?" we can do that because we're not interrupted. And I think that if you asked it from the staff perspective, they'd be going, "Yeah, let's go back to restricted." But on the parent side, I'm sure they're missing showing you know, their parents and their sisters and brothers, this brand new baby. And the first time they see him, it's over Zoom. It's an interesting thing to think about. Yeah, and it is. Having, having done it the normal way, I don't want to dismiss anybody's feelings you. around it. It has been a difficult time to have a baby because the women that are giving birth now were pregnant at the time of the bushfires. And yes. basically they've had nine months of pretty of bloody awful yeah. things going on. They're trying to wonder what they're bringing this little baby into, especially sure. through COVID, in that immediate COVID shutdown of the world that we had, you know, in those first three months. That must have been really scary to think how they're coming out the other end. But now we're a bit further down the track and life is opening up a little bit more. I think the benefit that I see is those babies are now three, four, five months old and the parents are far more confident with their baby when they hit that outside world and that information overload. I think you can find the pluses and the negatives to both the situation around COVID and that time across March through to now. Mm. Those of us in Victoria have had the longer yeah. lockdown and it is more scary. Yeah. I I guess COVID does sort of put a layer of fear into new parents, yeah. but how many of us actually know that we need to be pretty hygienic and quite yeah. careful around newborn babies anyway? And I think this is the other part. I think when you initially take a baby home, you're very aware, you know, you're protecting that baby, keeping it close. You're asking people to wash their hands before they hold your baby. COVID's brought another layer of that. But the other part of it beforehand was more about the outside world. If they had to take another child to preschool, they'd have to be very aware of those germs crossing over that way. So I think that mainly people would understand the basic care of a baby and keeping them clean. But what COVID's brought into it is much more high maintenance of it. So as people come in and being aware of the surfaces that they're putting babies down or maybe going for a walk in the park, they're aware of people coming up to their baby's prams. So it's made them very conscious about 
how germs are transmitted from one person to the other and that makes them more consciously aware of protecting their babies. Yes, because that's all always been a risk. I mean, I, I know there's yeah. some th- funny things like cold sores yeah. that, that can really yeah. have a bad impact on a baby. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So it's just heightened them to that awareness. But I don't think it's changed the practice that we do. It's just heightened the awareness of, okay, can you wash your hands before you come in? Can you please tell us if you've got a cold before you come in? But I think on the other side of that is the people visiting are also more aware to protect that little baby if Mm. they've got a sniffle they may not come they might wait for a little bit longer before they come and and see that new baby Chris, it's really nice to be able to talk about some positives coming out of COVID-19. Oh, yeah. It has been really tough. Have you, it has. Have you noticed more anxiety in your new parents? I think I have noticed a definite increase in anxiety in terms of them feeling isolated. So I don't think there's as much anxiety about the actual baby because I think they get more input from the hospital. I've seen more anxiety around more that they're isolated from their loved ones and that feeling, but not more anxiety necessarily about the baby. And that's mainly because I know in my own practice and here at the hospital, we just set up Zoom. So they still had contact through Zoom with someone and could talk about their baby and get some help about their baby. But I think where the anxiety really raised was more the isolation And I think it also made their, in a positive way, made their relationships much stronger because they had each other to talk to about their baby. You saw more, but not in terms of the baby care. Did you find that it was easier to help couples swing into a routine with a new baby because oh, yeah. they weren't they weren't able to go to the pub or uh, yeah, out for dinner. I, I, yeah, they they didn't think the baby was as flexible as they might have, and this is probably where I've seen the biggest improvement, is because they were at home in lockdown, they were more consistent with what they were doing with their baby, so there was less chaos around the baby's sleep pattern, and so generally speaking, the baby slept better. And that was purely because it was maybe put down a lot at home and put into its bed and put down in a routine. And the parents started to feel more confident because the babies weren't getting as overtired with, say, a parent who might have wanted to go for a walk and then go to the gym and then pick up the two-year-old from daycare. All of that sort of stopped. And that allowed those babies to be much more consistent with their sleep. I personally, in, in my own practice and here at the hospital, there's sort of a whole group of babies that were coming to see us that aren't seeing us because their mums are actually or the parents are actually doing really well with the babies and their sleep patterns so we're seeing more older babies now oh how interesting have you had to help parents find different ways of interacting with further afield family and friends have you noticed some changes in their use of technology I think there is. I think where people have said they don't want to introduce their babies to screens just by the nature of being able to make contact with family, especially overseas family that might have been coming in for a couple of months to see this new grandbaby, they're really talking over their technology like Zoom, FaceTime, WhatsApp, all of those sorts of things. But I don't think it's been a negative thing because generally speaking, once 
COVID opens up, that relationship will still be there with their parents and friends. I think the mums, the new mums might have missed that new mothers group bit, you know, where they met other mums in the area. But even that's starting to come back now too. That's such a, a great thing to be able to do. Yeah, We've spoken a bit to some of the breastfeeding organisations that say that, that women are really working on their breastfeeding so yeah. harder than ever before. Yeah, that's right, because they've got the time to be able to do it. And I think they have less community influence on, I'll just give it a bottle. And the whole essence of breastfeeding is sitting and being quiet. And we've certainly been able to do that through this period of time. Have you had any, well, I I know that most of your work is in New South Wales, but you haven't had any contact with mums who've had COVID? Uh, No, we've had very, I mean, we've had none here at the hospital. And touch wood, I've had none in the community, even through the time period where my work increased through the lockdown of COVID because I could contact them over FaceTime or Zoom. But I am fortunate that I haven't had any contact with mums with COVID. I know there's been a bit of a study come out of Melbourne talking about women's mental health during this time and some anecdotal evidence talking about obsessive compulsive disorder, which, I mean, is, 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 I mean, obviously it's a really serious thing if you've got it, but sort of women having a bit of a level of that, particularly in a place like Melbourne where, there are it's, higher numbers, yeah, and yeah. being really compulsive about washing clothes or not wanting to venture outside. Yeah, so I found that they're quite cautious about going outside more, but with reassurance we're saying just go for a walk to get out of the house. They they certainly aren't taking them into shopping centres and cafes like they used to. So whether that's just part of the COVID experience we're going through or whether they're just being very cautious with their new baby. They're definitely getting out for a walk where they can and depending on the restrictions. But you certainly don't see them out as much as we used to in all environments. So they're they're much more aware, I think. Is there any change to the number of women that are booked in for your services? I mean, yeah. are, are people having babies because of lockdown or are that, do you think that uh, the numbers are reducing well, because of worries about the future? Should, we should be able to answer that question in December because we started <laughs> locking down in March <laughs> and we should have an implode of babies in December. So numbers-wise, they've been much the same. My numbers for my private work haven't changed very much at all. And I think the key to that is the flexibility of how to access and get the information through, whether it's a supportive phone call or whether it's a FaceTime call because they don't want people into the house. And slowly but surely, we're getting back into home visits now as the lockdown restrictions are are lessening. I do remember one of the things that we had in our dress-up boxes, little children, was an old hospital face mask made out of white flannel because my sisters were twins and Uh they spent quite a bit of time in the um, premier ward or whatever it was and mum having to wear a mask mask in those days is that something that's a whole new generation so coming here to the hospital when they come into the clinic we do ask them to have a mask on and the funny thing is the babies. See, babies look at you in your face and they take their cues from your face and what they see is just a big mask. 
some babies will come in now with that and the mum and I'll be wearing the mask and the babies will frown and then I just tip it down a little bit so they can see my mouth and then they smile and I smile back and then pop it back up again and then they've got that connection with me. So it's interesting how little people, little babies, six, seven, eight, nine months, take the look of the mask I think these days it's only in settings like a clinic or something like that that we're wearing the masks or going to the doctors, they'll see masks there, but they actually need to see the whole face. So sometimes they look, you know, with a big frown on their face and want to stay close to mum because they're not sure about that person with the mask on. Oh, so they're really, they've got that really instinctive face scanning technology. Absolutely. So they're like, I can't determine whether you're a good person or not because I can't see the smile on your face. You know how you yeah. you walk in and, you know, you see a nine-month-old and if you smile, they'll smile back and they'll make that connection. Well, if they can't see that with a mask on, so sometimes they sort of hold back to mum a little bit and say, is this a, is this a good person? I can smile at this person? Because <laughs> they just hear a voice from behind a mask. So wow. they can, it can overwhelm them a little bit. You know, it's so easy to look at the negative side of COVID and the COVID experience. And it's nice to sit back and think that there was something positive that came out of it. And and that's that little family unit and that baby being born and the support that we can give those parents to be really feeling really confident in their role as parents. And that's what I have found in my own personal that the parents that I see feel much more confident. And of course, dads aren't going back to the office as quick as they would have a year ago. So they're at home and, and their experience and all those beautiful firsts that they might have missed if they were back at an office where they can take a lunch break, they can spend time supporting that new mum at home. And the experience, so some dads might have been home for six months now with that baby and actually been there for the whole six months, which they would never have experienced. And I think that's a real positive. North Shore Private Hospital's Mothercraft nurse and baby expert, Christine Minogue. We love talking to experts on baby talk, especially when it comes to wrangling babies. I found it fascinating to see that there possibly is a positive to the lockdown we've been experiencing. But you have to say it has been so tough for the families that have been kept apart during this difficult time, especially those overseas grandparents who've been desperate to see babies. On Baby Talk, we've also been talking lately about birth trauma and how to make sure that you're in the right psychological space to give birth. Rhea Dempsey is known across Australia as a passionate advocate of home birth, but also avoiding birth trauma. This the idea about the link between the functional physiological pain of birth, working with the body, you know, strong and hard, like at peak performance levels, and how to do that and how to be with that. But as you say, because we've placed birth into a hospital context, where in that context, if we're talking about pain, we're talking about the pain that's coming from things going wrong in our body or from illness or disease or accident, And in that context, then, there's definitely a pain relief mindset and set of practices and drugs and so on that are brilliant in the context if if we're injured or we're unwell. And we've also been talking about baby poop and the baby gut microbiome. The biggest influences of a young child's gut microbiota, which is the population of microbes in the gut, is actually the stopping of breastfeeding and the introduction of solid foods. 
So there's actually the as a proportion of influencing their gut microbiota, stopping breastfeeding and introducing solid foods has by far the greatest impact upon their gut microbial population. Fascinating. Although I do get that probably only parents in the middle of nappies are really going to get this story from Dr. Vincent Ho. Baby Talk is the podcast that supports parents. But if you want to support Baby Talk, take a minute to rate and review the show. Your ratings and comments help us make a better show and make it easier for others to find us. Baby Talk. We are on ABC Digital Radio on the weekends, but Baby Talk is also a podcast that can be found on iTunes and on the ABC Listen app. If you've got a baby or know somebody who does, why don't you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode? And if you're searching for some great backstories, they can all be found on the Baby Talk website. Just search Baby Talk one word and you're sure to find us. I'm Penny Johnston and I'll see you next time on Baby Talk. ABC Baby Talk is a weekly podcast on ABC Digital Radio, wherever you get your podcasts and on the ABC Listen app. Like us on Facebook to find out as soon as a new episode is ready. Just search for ABC Baby Talk. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.